The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are ready for some football. Will we get a vote in the next lifetime for you and I? Don't know. Don't know today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe Wednesday. You know what? We're just all hanging on by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin with what is next for Big Ten football. Same song, second verse. And it's not one of your favorites uh, on your phone that you like to play. We can talk about what uh, may happen moving forward. A couple of hours to do that. Join us and do so at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And email Chris at HaleVarsity. Dot com. Coming up, Greg Smith, Recruiting Recon with Mr. Greg. Get his take on, uh, I want to talk a lot about uh, James Carney, super talented kid out of Norris, got the Iowa tight end offer uh, recently. Where's that leave him? Uh, some thoughts on where Nebraska goes to ramp up the 2021 class. Kind of get Greg's uh, reading here on Big Ten football as well moving forward. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, is in one hour. And uh, Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFLer, uh, the More To It podcast. And, of course, uh, with Big Red Wrap-Up, we'll get Jay's take on the world of football, NFL, and, uh, you know, where Nebraska stands. So how did you spend your weekend? Were you glued to the TV on Saturday for college football? I loved watching college football. I was surprised at what I saw from the Big 12 as they got beat up, robbed, and then beat up and robbed again. Not a good opening for the Big 12, but at least I had football on. I really loved watching the NFL on Sunday. I've always been an NFL guy, but I'm, I'm diehard college. So it was cool to see the NFL doing their thing. And I was cranked up on you know what Joe Burrow is going to do. Uh, tough one for him. We'll get further into that. Was all over Tampa and New Orleans and was interested to see what, what Cam Newton would do in his debut. But I'm not going to lie. As much as I was watching college football on Saturday, I was keeping one eye on the Twitter machine and just keeping my ears open with how did things go? What is the next step? And I tell you, uh, the reality is this. The question is still not answered. Will there be a fall season of football? And we knew, Elijah, this thing was going to be 
a two-step process and things are still pending. You had the medical committee make their presentation Saturday. We talked a little bit about that that was going to happen with the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. So the presentation from the medical folks went well. And it was, it was a three-step pitch, all right? Here's what we got medically. Here's the rapid testing. Here's what we can do to, to, to nail uh, the, the topic of contact tracing with COVID and student-athletes. Here's the medical information. This is what's presented by the, the head man, the head uh, athletic trainer with Ohio State. And then you need to get into TV and scheduling. Here's where we can go. Here's what we can achieve medically as a conference with this new technology and the ability for rapid testing. Do you like that? Good. So assuming this meets your your questions and concerns, let's move into scheduling. Here's what we're proposing for October 17th. Let's get a nine-game season in. Let's ram it through. And let's get a Big Ten championship game uh, so we can have considerations for the college football playoff. Let's do that. Here, here's a schedule we can present that's already been thought out. Thank you, Barry Alvarez. Now let's talk TV because that's going to pay everyone's bills. That's going to keep Minnesota from cutting programs further. That's going to keep Iowa from cutting programs further. That'll keep name somebody in the Big Ten that's not hurting financially. You can't. That will keep kids who have busted their butt and want to compete at the Division One level for some non-revenue-generating sports that are necessary and important alive. This will feed the rest of your athletic department. Let's talk TV scheduling. All that was laid out. And you had uh, the, the first round, the first pitch, well-received, and now it is up to a vote. The vote to play fall. Will that happen? Yahoo Sports reporting it could be within the next 72 hours. What needs to happen in that vote? Nine out of the 14 need to say yes. Six need to flip from no to yes. When does that vote take place? It was reported yesterday that the vote wasn't going to happen. You need time to digest all of this. The folks that heard the initial round of TV medical scheduling, we're going to take it to the other Council of Presidents and Chancellors. Do you feel better today or have you kind of swayed? And that's okay if you've swayed because it felt great Saturday and then we're trying to, to decipher. You have Rebecca Blank from Wisconsin. She's the chancellor there. She, uh, in a conference call, communicated with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinels, Jeff Protrikas, that, look, it, it's – and you can read into his statement from her. Um, it, it's it's going to be kind of an all-for-one thing. So was, was she talking about <laughs> the vote that needs to happen? It's either got to be nine yes, or if you get a 11 to three, God forbid, then no, you don't play. But this is her quote with uh, Portrykis. I will say we're all going to move together in the Big Ten. We're all going to play or not if we possibly can. This isn't going to be a school by school thing. And where are you at? Are you over unity? I think unity is phenomenal. I think unity is important. I wish the country was unified. 
I don't really care if the Big Ten's unified anymore because it's not. This is broken. It's not going to go back to being okay. What happened on August 11th will stay burned into the minds of people in Nebraska, in Columbus, in Iowa City, in State College. It'll stay burned into the minds of of every football fan out there, every supporter of all these programs out there. And they'll remember 11-3, first off. James Franklin's going to remember that Penn State voted no. If I'm Barry Alvarez, I'm going to remember that my boss voted no. If I'm Jim Harbaugh and I get an NFL offer this next offseason. I have one year left on my contract and I'm gone anyway. This is, I feel betrayed if I'm Jim Harbaugh and I'm out. I mean, it's really simple. You can fix this by reversing course and say, yeah, let's, let's try and play. It's okay to say, I'm sorry, oops, I made a mistake. Kevin Warren and presidents and chancellors, not named Nebraska, Iowa, or Ohio State. It's okay to have new medical information, examine that, be comfortable with it. You're not going to get a, a, a unanimous vote here. So when it comes to Rebecca Blank saying, I will, it will either be all, all for one, one for all, this, this thing's broken. They're not unified. You've got major infighting. You've got the academics and athletics playing tug of war. And if if it if it means not having a season because you can't get six to flip and shutting down the season a second time or postponing, I can't take that. And I don't think the coaches can take that. And I sure as hell know the players can't take that. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a revolution. At some point, that could come with coaches leaving for the NFL or other jobs. You're going to have a mass exodus of your conference of players. You've already seen two studs from Ohio State Ohio State decide to opt out because they're, they're, they're tired of waiting. This will, this will crush and destroy the league. And I know that there's folks out there that are on the side of, of caution, concern, and safety. And I, I'm not spitting on you at all i'm not i i I listen to that i hear that it's real it's it's absolutely real but if if i've got medical experts that that, that have rapid testing availability and they're good i'm gonna i'm gonna let i'm gonna roll with it and say let's let's try i think what's kind of going on here too as to okay it's been 24 hours why no vote yet i honestly think that you have the Big Ten still just hanging on to make sure the water's safe. If we're going to reverse course, go against our initial decision, and potentially be laughed at for it, and I'm not going to laugh at them. If they reverse course, I'm going to slap them on the back and say, thanks for, for fixing the error of your way. They're waiting to see what's, what's, what's Tuesday look like in the Big 12. What's Tuesday look like with Clemson, who traveled to Wake Forest? What's, what's Syracuse looking like as they traveled down and played North Carolina? What's the NFL look like after a weekend of games and you've got a doubleheader tonight with Elijah's Denver Donkeys? I think they're waiting 
just a half count longer to make sure there's no massive outbreak with the Big 12 or the ACC. And I think they're watching the ACC pretty closely because of all their esteemed academic institutions. Notre Dame played football this weekend. How did it go against Duke? Are the kids okay? Great. And I think, I think that's why we probably don't. They're mulling over the information. They're talking to one another off the record. And they're probably trying to come to a consensus. Yeah, what worries me about the the time this is taking just to get to a vote is what is going on behind the scenes. Are, are there not enough teams yet to make that vote where you're going to get the the yes vote that all the fans, all the coaches want? And you don't want to hold that vote and have all this encouragement, and then the vote comes and you yeah you shoot it down again because that's that's worst case scenario. So is the wait? It's possible. <laughs> I, know. I hate saying that. God, I hate saying is, that. Is, is that why we're waiting for a vote? Are there a couple more that still need to be flipped? Well, you're not going to move forward if you don't have a, a, a the nine, I, I, right? I mean, you're, no. you're waiting till you get what you need, mm-hmm. first of all. You've got uh, the World Herald reporting and, and text messages, and Sammy McEwen's done a great job with this. Uh, give him a shout out. You're waiting and you've got silence. So things are probably moving behind the scenes. And you're just hopefully going to get those nine you need. So let's talk Dan Patrick for a second. And Dan Patrick, listen, I, I don't think he is throwing hand grenades. I don't think he's working for anybody. Okay, I don't think Dan, I mean, Dan Patrick's got a source or two, but he's not a, he's not a college football guy. He doesn't hate it, but he, he doesn't spend a lot of time on college football. That's not what he's done throughout his career. But he has somebody within the Big Ten that is throwing him information. And, and their information has not been 100% accurate. That's okay, because quite honestly, it, it's been, we're jumping from one foot to the next. Okay, that's just how it's been. Uh, you do have solid information off a conference call here from Rebecca Blank, Chancellor for Wisconsin. You've got Tom Deanhart. You've got Teddy Greenstein. You have other media members that, no doubt, their contact is a head coach. You have other media members. Their contact is a league commissioner or somebody within the chancellor or president's offices at different universities, be it Michigan or Northwestern. I mean, you look at the national media members, that they're, they're, they're either Michigan or, or Northwestern. Okay, I mean, they're super talented journalism schools and their 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 national media members so it's it's what message are you delivering for somebody and it's it's not attempted to be slanted in some instances or it's absolutely in defense in the point of view of the other side of things so you've got to sift through all of that patrick thought per his source and i'm good with this back to the unity point of things It would say more to me about league unity permitting those that want to play football to go play football. If if Maryland and Rutgers hold this up, if they can't play ball, if they don't feel it's if it's if it's safe to play football, or they're just not going to be ready, or they're going to suck, whatever their reason, that's fine. You can opt out. Do you want no money or do you want some money into your coffers? 
and it, it you're going to get no money if you don't let the rest of the league move forward and play. So give me a 9 to 14 vote to play. And if if things come up or you've got a covid scare at it, it, Piscataway or you've got a covid scare at it at it, Spartyland then that's what you have. But do not cut the knees out of the other schools that can play. Wisconsin's paused. Barry Alvarez says we can go in three weeks. Michigan's ready to go. Nebraska's ready to go. Iowa, they'll they'll be ready to rock. Ohio State is begging for a chance to go win a national championship. And you can't tell me that it's fair. Fair went out the window a long time ago. It's not fair for Rutgers and Maryland to make the call on Ohio State's future specifically with that part of the country. Greg Smith's coming up. We'll hit some recruiting. Your thoughts coming up also at 466-3776. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo. We say hi to Greg Smith, recruiting insider. HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And Greg, uh, I wish you would have rolled by for some of them uh, beef ribs, man. The short ribs Saturday while college football was on. Fantastically glorious. I just showed up and poured a drink. I mean, Uncle Andy did all the work, and he needs his own food truck, brother. I mean, is there anything better than, hey, I just showed up and poured a drink to short ribs? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of living the life over there. <laughs> well, we ran out and he made me go home, so it was it was okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll happen. I know. Hey, I want to get your take on, on your read on things here. I want Greg Smith's tea leave reading right now on Hale Varsity Radio. Where do you think we sit with uh, return to play here? I know uh, things are being considered. <laughs> I feel like the momentum right now is that we will return to play and return to play in October. Um, but I am very nervous to make any bold proclamations given how this whole thing has gone. Um, and that at every turn, it kind of feels like what you kind of think the logical thing that would happen doesn't happen. So, for example, we knew yesterday that they were meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Like we knew they were going to have this whole big meeting. But then somehow we go through all of those presentations for actually the whole weekend, and we don't vote that day. We let that go another day into Monday. And now, I mean, I guess technically they could release this sometime, you know, on a Monday, like afternoon, evening news dump, but that would be weird. So we probably go another day. It's just odd that you let this kind of drag out. Um, And I would wonder what they're waiting for. But at the same time, it makes a little bit of sense, again, hopefully with logic, that the the thing that they're kind of getting in a row is that you don't want to just say, hey, we're returning to play, say, October 17th. You also want to then release schedules and protocols along with that, um, which would be understandable. Understandable, right? Except for the Big Ten has not kind of earned that benefit of the doubt, given what's all uh, transpired. So let's let's play a hypothetical uh, return to play vote. Indiana, yay or nay? Uh, yay. Maryland, it, nay. Michigan, yay. So that means Sparty's a yay, right? Right, right. Ohio State's a yes. Penn State, yes. Rutgers. No. 
Okay, so we are uh, in the East Division. We are uh, five to two. Illinois, yes. Iowa, yes. Yep. Minnesota. I think they come around and say yes. <laughs> okay. Huskers, yes. Purdue, yes. Okay. Uh, Northwestern, yes. Whiskey. Yes, even though they got an asterisk because they're on pause right now. Uh huh. So we are right now. We're at twelve to two. Take yeah, that. I think, I think you get a flip. Um, and then that's the thing. The two, and it's so odd that I think the two right now uh, that probably need the most convincing, just kind of reading through everything, would be Maryland and Rutgers. They also have vastly different kind of situations mm-hmm. with COVID than say Nebraska does right now. So you kind of understand that. Um, but it would just be. Kind of weird if those were the two schools that end up holding everything up. I think Michigan's president's a problem. He's one. He's he's a he's a. I mean, he's a medical dude, right? So. Uh, yeah, but I think I wonder though if that ends up being a situation where you've got so much going on on campus that you just kind of have to relent. Um, on that, and if it, it's just going to look so crazy that if Ohio State is pushing so hard to play and end up playing, but Michigan doesn't, like that's just it's just going to be odd. Like I, I just feel like you're going to have to bite the bullet on that one. There'll be a major revolt. Like Ogre and Bluto will storm his office if <laughs> if 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 Buckeyes playing and, and Harbaugh is sitting there with his khakis just. You know, calling NFL teams. Uh, let's uh, dive into some recruiting. And a uh, really impressive offer came the way of James Carney, a great kid and phenomenal talent with Norris, the tight end. Greg, our, our, our dude got an Iowa offer, and he got an Iowa tight end offer. Uh, ding, ding, ding. That's pretty impressive. What does this mean for Carney and the Nebraska timeline, in your opinion? I think it puts Nebraska firmly on the clock. I mean, anytime. Okay, so Carney was really looking for that Power Five offer, right? Like, and we saw that he subsequently decommitted from Miami, Ohio, because I think that part of the thinking is, is I've got one Power Five offer, either more are coming, and maybe I get something else that I like a little bit more than Iowa, or I can pick Iowa, who has a fantastic resume with tight ends, right? Um, so I think that he's in a good spot there, but I think it puts Nebraska on the clock. Um, to make a decision, but the problem it kind of has been the same problem all along for Nebraska, and that's trying to make the numbers work. Uh, it's not as much anymore that they don't have necessarily spots in the class, so they still have to move some stuff around. It, do you want to take three tight ends in a year where you also feel really good about tight ends in the 2022 group as well? And if you take a third, will that also kind of impact what some of those guys are thinking about you because you just took three um, in a single class? So there's a lot to consider there um but his rise has been really fantastic to see unfold just for him personally um and, and to his credit this was not uh, a consideration this time last year because he's turned himself into a fantastic division one power five player for sure greg with this iowa offer in their history with tight ends you got to think iowa is now in the driver's seat but just in terms of optics numbers aside with nebraska and their tight ends they have now if a local kid like carney goes to iowa how bad a look is that for nebraska 
Oh, it's a it's a bad look. Like you never want to have that, especially given you know how Scott Frost and the staff has really talked about keeping those guys home. Um, you know, he's that Scott Frost have, have one to say in a very early press conference said something to the effect of "There's too many good players from the state of Nebraska that are playing elsewhere. We want to keep them home." I mean, this would be an example of that, even though the circumstances are just a, a little bit strange. But it's not quite as big as a sting as say Iowa losing an in-state guy in town. Spadoni after they've been a tight end factory to Nebraska. So, so it's kind of an interesting thing when you kind of zoom out and look at it big picture as well. Greg, uh, thoughts on uh, where Nebraska's at? Numbers about, what, four or five spots uh, left and what what what's the recon tell you from the weekend here when it comes to Nebraska? Fair to say uh, the rest of these spots pretty much leaning towards defense? Yeah, I would say that. I say you're looking at four to six spots left, and man, maybe maybe all of them end up being on defense. I still think that they they end up trying to land two two defensive linemen in this class. And I know we've got just a ton of questions about what's going on with defensive line recruiting, um, because in part they have so many young defensive linemen on the roster already. You've got to see what's going on with them. I just don't think the numbers needs are there for that. Um, even though you haven't seen quite the production on the defensive line that you'd like to see. So far, um, I think they still would like to take at least one more uh, linebacker, particularly on the outside. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out who that linebacker will be. Um, and then I still think one more defensive back that has some versatility um, to either play cornerback or safety like Travis Fisher like. Timeline. It'll be kind of a wild card. No, that's that's <laughs> fine. Time, timeline on 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 an outside backer or defensive lineman. I know Buckley's uh, been uh, kind of on the radar. And uh, you got the kid out of, uh, help me out here, the uh, Savannah. Uh, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Yeah. Uh, so where, where are they at in their recruitment, uh, to your understanding? So Buckley wants to make it, I think he's announcing October 14th. Uh, Svea is, I don't think he has a date, but he says that his recruitment is shut down. Um, so that really means at any time. I know that he told me that he was thinking originally, I feel like it's the Under Armour game that he wanted to make the announcement at. But in, in these times and what's been happening with recruiting, I'd be surprised if it goes all the way there when he needs to make an official public declaration. Um, so we'll see there. So I think, Sooner rather than later, within the next month or so, you'll see at least one uh, of those defensive linemen come off the board. What did they ask you about Wisconsin real quick? And Wisconsin's always been pretty high on development. They've been fantastic. It's the Nebraska blueprint where you get a kid you think can be pretty good. You, you project correctly the size and strength and speed and agility. And after uh, toiling away for three years, you've got a couple of years as a red shirt to really, you know, kind of just ball out for your, your, your junior and senior season. But Wisconsin's gotten some pretty high-level guys. It wasn't that long ago they got a five-star offensive lineman. And they, they have, I don't want to sound, you know, negatory towards them, but they've really upped their game with, with the, the talent profile, haven't they, the, the last recruiting cycle? Yeah, I think that, that Wisconsin is a team to me that if you're any other team around the league, particularly in the West, you don't really want to see them start to recruit at a higher level. Because if you think think about the way that Nebraska has recruited, at least on paper, um, over the last you know eight to ten years, which has been very good. We've talked about them out-recruiting the West. If Wisconsin does that, just matches what Nebraska has been doing, but they have been better historically at identifying those kids and definitely better at, than Nebraska recently at developing 
developing them, then that's a formula they can win a whole lot of games with, considering that they're already winning close to double digits every year as is. Um, they're a really dangerous team if they continue to up that profile. And the thing is, they'll just continue doing it with the types of players that they already were, just higher rated. So you'll still you'll get big-time offensive linemen, outside linebackers, and running backs, which is what they're really trending towards doing, and it fits exactly what, how they play. I mean, they, they've always had the line to scrimmage kind of nailed down. But think about this. if I mean, to, to close that, that gap on Ohio State, they're within – 10 to, 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 to 20 every time they step on the field with, with Ohio State. Sometimes it's closer, sometimes it's not. But if they get, if they get more, air quote, Ohio State-type skill guys, right, to go along with their lines of scrimmage, I mean, that's how you kind of narrow that gap. And, and maybe it's Wisconsin winning a, a Big Ten versus just being in the West, uh, you know, the championship circle and then getting either destroyed or just not having enough umph. Right in the Big Ten championship game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the probably most important part of this is if they figure out quarterback, right? right? So if they could ever go against Ohio State in a game in which Ohio State comes in worried about Wisconsin's quarterback, um, that completely changes things as well. Because if you think about opening up running lanes for their running backs with those offensive lines and, and having that threat, um, that would be a huge thing for them. That part has just eluded them for years now. Well, they've always asked the guy to just hand off and don't screw it right. up and find a tight end on third and five. But if they get a playmaker, it's it's a it's a game changer for them. Okay, uh, about thirty seconds. Knee jerk reaction to your man Mitch and uh, <laughs> Chicago's comeback. Very Detroit to drop a touchdown in the end zone. But uh, Greg, they're going all the way, sixteen and zero, aren't they? Your Bears. I mean, I feel like they are, right? Like, we kind of have to feel that way after we saw Maserati Mitch uh, make his uh, great comeback yesterday, right? You have to. How, how else could you feel, right? I feel like he gave me just enough to give me hope only to pull the football away next week. Is it's the jersey on back. order, yes or no? No, not yet. I need it. He's going to need a whole season uh, before we, we figure that out with the jersey. That's, that's code for not ever from Greg. But I like it. <laughs> Greg Smith, recruiting insider, talking some football. Greg, we'll check in with you soon. Thanks for the update today. Hey, thanks as always. You guys have a great week. All right, man. There he is. So uh, we'll dive into some Joe Burrow. What'd you think? Let's uh, overanalyze Joe Burrow next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 20 minutes away, it's Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie. We'll get Coach McBride's gut on the uh, pending vote. The Big Ten. Can this uh, mulligan go the right way for the Big Ten? Some NFL thoughts. Also, uh, dive into some recruiting uh, with Nebraska. Jay Moore is going to be with us. Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Uh, he'll be with us at 525. Open phones now till 5 and at 540. If you want to jump in at 466-3776-800-825-5865. Email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So what game were you most interested in in the NFL yesterday? Did you find your way to a uh, <clears throat> tavern, socially distanced, pour one and eat some wings? That would have been great. I put some wings on the grill last night, caught the uh, second half of the Patriots. Check that. Uh, th- uh, that's a swear jar fine right there. Uh, Tampa and uh, New Orleans. We'll hear from Tom ba- Brady next hour. But I was I was really following Cincinnati and the Chargers. And we're, uh, we're, we're big Zach Taylor fans. 
we're big Joe Burrow fans. And I know you've got Seth and Carter that's on the, the Cincy roster. And you've got Stanley that's on the, the Bengals practice squad. We'll see if he finds his way to a, a roster spot again this year like he did last year. But you know what? Growing up, Cincinnati had Boomer Esiason. They had Dave Remington. And they were they were a fun late 80s squad. It was them in Cleveland and Houston in that AFC Central scoring it at will on one another. And they were fun. And the fans would throw snowballs at the opposing team. And that was uh, not something I'd do, nor I'd, I'd want my kid to do. But I get it. There was true, There's true and pure hatred within those in the division as Pittsburgh kind of found their footing and, and did what they did, uh, you know, late 90s into the 2000s. So I look at, at Cincinnati as really an afterthought. They've been a laughable They've been a squad that is not anywhere close to, to Cleveland, but they, they have been the other kind of pain where uh, under uh, previous staffs and with the Red Rifle, they would be a playoff team, but they wouldn't get anything done in the postseason. Yesher and Zach Taylor, of course, you know about him at, at, in, in his prowess at Nebraska as a player, but really you saw things... Uh, kind of get revolutionized under McVeigh and the Rams, and he gets that that quarterback jump, quarterback coach jump to now you're the man in Cincinnati. Tough year, two and fourteen a season ago, but you were able to get Joe Burrow in the first pick. So, what did you expect from Burrow in, in game one, in in week one? And I don't want to overreact or knee jerk too much, but let's have some fun with it on Monday. We're not going to get him ready for Canton yet. But I will say that Joe Burrow's a guy that is super humble. Joe Burrow's a guy that's worked his butt off for everything. Joe Burrow's a guy that's super real and able to look himself in the mirror. And he gave himself a D yesterday. He was asked after the game, what would you give yourself here? What grade would you give yourself in in your first NFL start? He's like, dude, I is a D. And I think that was a little uber critical but that is Joe Burrow. Here's his first touchdown, Kevin Harlan with the call. And uh, you had some ups and downs yesterday and almost a win for uh, a, a, a Husker legacy in Joe Burrow. And, of course, Zach Taylor almost getting off to that 1-0 start. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow, looking for a block, and he got it up in the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a scamper! Called his own number. And streaks for 23 for a touchdown for Cincinnati. So it's funny to see the the viral reaction as you had the look of pain and what the hell on, on Joe Burrow's face when the kicker missed the tying field goal to make it 16 apiece and hopefully head for overtime. You uh, kind of got hosed. Technically, it was pass interference on the offense uh, with A.J. Green. But let's be straight. We've seen a lot worse offensive pass interference, either not. And, and, and that was kind of prevalent in the league. There were two or three offensive pass interferences yesterday that negated touchdowns. But the reality is this to me with Joe Burrow. No preseason. You do stupid virtual workouts. You get some throwing in, but really not a training camp. And you're in your home state. You've got cardboard cutouts of your mom, your dad, and your girlfriend somewhere at Bengals Stadium. So it wasn't a, a air quote normal start in a non-normal year, but you're playing in the NFL and you're playing San, 
L.A., playing the Chargers that have a really, really good secondary, and you've got Bosa and another dude off the edge. San Diego's defense will keep them – swear jar again. The Chargers' defense will keep them in every game all season long. They're, they're that good. And Burrow is able to spread it around – put a drive together, got him in position for the win. They got screwed on that. Still put him in position to force overtime. That's after a, a fourth quarter turnover. All right? That's after throwing a pick. And and the guy just kept moving on to the next. You got to love his mentality. You got to love his toughness. And all the uh, all the times he got knocked down from wanting to come to Nebraska to – all right, you can't win the job at Ohio State to let's go down to the bayou and eat some crawfish. And wow, you only had one season in the, as a starter. But he, he comes from such a great family with his dad and his brothers that they've kind of built him for this uh, as the youngest, where he's got to be tough. He's got to have thick skin. And I think this is a great sign for Cincinnati. Will they be a playoff team? Probably not. Will they be in every ball game? I don't know, but I feel good about what they've got, and uh, we'll see where it takes him the rest of the year. But I was encouraged by week one with Joe Burrow. He does not need to change his change his, his sheets after yesterday's performance. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. He did enough to win that game. The Charger, or the Chargers should have lost. The Bengals should have won. And that was in spite of some bad pass blocking from the Bengals. Joe Burrow was not getting terrorized back there, but he was getting pressure in his face, and he still... Had enough to lead a game. Last time drive. Burrow got pressure in his face that much was probably as you know, scout team guy at Ohio State. Well, the funniest tweet I saw yesterday was, uh, "Now we know what would have happened if Joe Burrow would have come to Nebraska because barely do enough to win and then miss the field goal." And man, who who sent that? Uh, I don't even know. Iowa fan, uh, Nebraska fan, Nebraska student. Mm. Can't remember who it was. Uh, and and I wouldn't expose them like that here anyway. It's off the top rope. But it's pretty funny with the missed field goal right at the end, and I could just imagine that last year. But all that aside, Joe Burrow impressed me with his performance for a rookie quarterback in week one. Knowing the circumstances, he deserved that win yesterday. The team did. and uh, The I kicker see, did not after no, missing it. You got Randy Bullock <laughs> missing the 31-yarder. And then apparently getting hurt. Yeah, well, do we was, believe that? What do you think is more hurt, his leg or his pride? Oh, complete pride call. <laughs> but if you're going to shank one that badly right, like you're blindfolded and your cigarette just ran out, you better limp off the field. Yeah, you better blame that hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> you better say the evil turf monster of Bengal Stadium is the one who, who, who messed with you here. But, I mean, Burrow wasn't great, but he was good late. And that is something you really hope to coach up but you pray you don't have to if you've got that innate ability to stay strong and make something happen that's huge so yeah i will try to be catching every cincinnati game this year for the first time since the esiason era we'll uh, wind down hour one coach mcbride's on the way jay moore's checking in hail varsity continues and now and now back to hail varsity radio one final time in one hour we will get elijah herbal's predictions not only season but tonight on his denver donkeys you're wearing the 98 or 97 western division sweatshirt 96 that's right 
We know what happened in 96. Yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. You got Brunel, brother. Uh, reminder about moving in 2020. Let's tell you about your friends at West Blue Realty. And they're there to take your phone call if you're moving in 2020. They specialize, West Blue Realty does, in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. And you mentioned Hale Varsity and uh, West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby is there to help. Give Tom a shout at 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider, Kelly's awesome, can help out as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue Realty. Now, do you have agricultural land? Do you have some ag land you're looking to move? They can help do that. They, they service a large area in the state of Nebraska, Big radius, and when it comes to ag land, they've got auctioneers who can handle anything from auctions to sealed bids to general land listings. They've sold land in Odo and Seward and Lancaster County. They can help do that if you're looking to move some of your agricultural land in 2020. WestBlueRealty.com, uh, 1120 uh, K Street Suite uh, 200. So that's what you do. That's what you do with West Blue Realty. Uh, no, it was it was a good time to, to just watch football yesterday. Junior had uh, some baseball going on uh, in uh, Omaha the other day. So it was just a good weekend of, of weather after a, a poor weekend or week of, of kind of Oregon-type uh, cloudy, wet, damp stuff. So Yeah, I got a chance to go out and go play some pa- uh, basketball yesterday with some friends. Yeah. That was a good time. My nuggets came back. Yeah. Forced yeah. to Game Seven. How you feeling about that? About Game Seven, I feel great about Game Six. Awesome performance. Game you Seven, I am seven. I am nervous, but I think the momentum is on the Nuggets side. But I am still absolutely terrified. Uh, but other than that, when do they tip tonight? At uh, tomorrow night at tomorrow night. eight. I want to say tomorrow night. At okay. Eight. Well, you may be rolling in smiling or or dejected. You're you're not. You think Kawhi and company will show up? Probably. I mean, they'll they'll be. Let's, they, let's, let's they blew not a six. They, they they blew a sixteen point lead. They're not gonna. Well, they blew a, a fifteen point lead two games back. Mm-hmm. They blew a sixteen point lead this time. Now you get to game seven, and in those past two games, the Clippers, it, it's not as much on the line. Whenever whenever you already have, it's one game to go. You can blow a lead and go. Okay, you know we'll come back and get them next game. You do it again, then it's okay. We'll come back and get them next game. So are I, they, they're probably still confident. They're gonna show up. Are they focused enough to win a title? I mean, they they've got. Kawhi, who's won three, but the rest of the dudes there, I mean, that's, you don't see, I don't remember real often, (laughs) and this isn't NBA Finals, this isn't Golden State, this isn't Cleveland, this isn't Miami, I mean, think of some of the the teams that have won multiple championships, in LA, the Clippers are trying for their first, but do they just get too bored? And that's, that's my question, how do you not have that killer instinct to go stomp out your opponent I, I just think their one motivation coming back to the bubble was we're going to beat the Lakers everyone's talking about the Lakers I think their motivation was we're going to beat the Lakers and they got to with one within one game of playing the Lakers and they just started overlooking the Nuggets Yeah, I, I think Clippers Lakers would be an awesome series I think Nuggets Lakers would be an awesome series either way whoever wins it, it's going to be a fun series oh it'll be good but I think the problem with the Clippers is that they built themselves to beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That's the one goal they've had all season. If they make it to the finals, they've already beaten the Lakers. I don't know if they have enough firepower to stay with. I mean, Boston and the Heat both look awesome in the East. Yeah, they're playing well. That's a sweet Eastern Conference final. And the Western Conference final is going to be awesome either either way.
Either way, yeah, Nuggets or Clippers. Uh, and we, I, I selectively pick my times to talk NBA, but we're, we're getting close to that. Coach McBride's on the way. We'll see what he had to eat this weekend, what he fired up on the grill. His thoughts on football the first weekend of an hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Into Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're still waiting on the Big Ten decision, the mulligan. Elijah Herbal's in on a Monday. Chris Schmidt, thanks for spending time. They, they, they tend to like their 5 p.m. news drops, and since we're now past the 5 o'clock... Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're getting... I'm not saying a vote won't happen today, or maybe won't be going on. I just don't think we're going to get... An answer in the hour. Well, uh, he's 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 near uh, the the Big Ten offices. Maybe we'll just let uh, Coach McBride make the decision. We say hi to Charlie McBride Mondays with Charlie. Coach, how was the weekend? Good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I had to watch the wrong games, but <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. I just watched college football. I don't know about that other stuff. I well, didn't have. I I got work to do. <laughs> no, I, I know NFL was was pretty good for uh, just missing football. But we'll we'll start. What football did you watch Saturday? Who did you watch? Oh, let's see. I'd name one. I'll tell did you. you watch, watch. Did you watch Kansas State or Iowa State? No, I didn't. I did. I didn't. Kansas? I watched Iowa State some, and I was I was kind of switching it back and mm-hmm. forth, and I was watching uh, Notre Dame. Like, yeah, I watched Notre Dame probably more than the most of them. Okay. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, that's close around here, and so you need to know an answer if somebody asks you something. <laughs> but <laughs> Notre Dame, you know, what I saw was I I thought they might be a little bit better, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I just couldn't. You can't put the first game. You can never put it a you know, a quarter in the machine to see if it runs. Oh, I know. <laughs> I bet. Is there a is there a game or a, a a first game that you were worried about? All of them. Well, but I'm I saying mean, after. I'm after after the after you guys won, but maybe you didn't win by well or look yeah, as we, good as you wanted. Uh, when we played the, uh, Central Florida, ah, of course. Okay. That, that year, we we were actually behind. I think at halftime. Yeah. And th- those are the kind of games you know you don't know what to expect. You don't know how you how you. It, it there's no so, there's no uh, nothing to pre you know mentally prepare for as far as you know a rivalry not necessarily a rivalry but a somebody you've played before mm-hmm. you know and uh know kind of know what they what they're made of and everything and that that's the hard thing i think for the players and 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 then you don't know what they do and so your defense is not you're not able to really <clears throat> you know zero in on any kind of tendencies 
at all. It's all guessing game, kind of. You have to you have to make your game plan as the game goes on, almost. Um, and I think that's true with a lot with every everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there are changes made over the year, and they could be the kind of changes, that, you know, offensively and defensively. It doesn't have to be just one side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So that you know that goes on all over the place, and you know that's why I think sometimes you you know I noticed that, you know I was just having to watch a highlight last night or something. I saw. Um, Brady throw an interception. Well, the receiver stopped. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it was totally, you know, messed up because the receiver, I think, didn't know exactly where he was supposed to be and threw. You know, he and of course an interception's an interception, and a lot of these quarterbacks get, you know, blamed for interceptions when it's a tip, when it's a ball went through the guy's hands or whatever it could be, you know, and uh, so. But the first game usually is the one you really like to see what kind of, you know, how you how you can move the ball a little bit and how you play defense a little bit and what what's the tempo of your your players. You know, sometimes you know you say, well, we're going to have a fast tempo, and you get out there and it doesn't work like you think it should <laughs> because of the changes in defense. So you want to change the play, and it slows everything down, and the tempo goes in the tank. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie, Coach. I want to switch gears to the uh, the weekend, and you had uh, different presentations occur. You had the the Ohio State uh, team uh, medical physician lead the way with the new medical information and, and testing proposal to uh, one of the subcommittees for the Big Ten. You had uh, Barry Alvarez with scheduling, and uh, you also had the AD for Penn State when it comes to the TV. So you had medicine, you had TV, you had schedule. All was laid out, and that was well-received by... Six of the, uh, is it six or eight? One of the two. Eight or six of the, the members of this council for presidents and chancellors, right? So they liked what they heard, and they took it to their other brethren here, and we're waiting on a revote. You've had Wisconsin's chancellor on a conference call earlier today uh, say a, a couple of different things. Uh, one... Um, that the, the president's meeting continues and they're trying to, to sort through everything. And the, the thing that I took out of it is it, it sounds like, yeah, they'll, they'll revote, which is good. We haven't gotten a revote yet, but either everybody's going to play or nobody's going to play. Do you like that approach by the Big Ten or do you think unity in this instance is overrated? Well, I think that I, I really think the conference ought to, you know, if it it you ought to stick with the conference. I, I think you know, it, uh, you know, you'd like to go run somewhere else and do something, but mm-hmm. I think in in reality, you got to pretty much go with what happens. I mean, that's just the way mm-hmm. it is. But I have a feeling that uh, that there's going to be a change, uh, not in personnel, but a change in their thinking a little bit. 
Now, whether they have enough votes or anything to, to go ahead and do it, but I think it, it looks like, you know, just the fact that they had the meeting, that they did the things, that they brought up some of the medical deals, that they have a plan, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go ahead. But they, they've they got to get the presidents are like, that's like, you know, there's some that just have their mind made up. Sure. You know, they you could do whatever you want, and they're not going to change. Uh, and and that's a shame because they're not really working with their coaches, I don't think, sometimes. You know, and that, that doesn't help the coaches at all. I mean, you know, as far as the future, you mm-hmm. know, it just messes it all, the whole thing up. But I I think that Ohio State and, and I think and with and Barry and those are, you know, they're justified people. And, um, you know, I think you have to listen because uh, – you know, it's it's something that that's important. I I think it's important financially. It's important, you know, all different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. TV can pay a few bucks and 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 get some of your other sports some help. And you know, I know it's not going to be beautiful, but you know, I think each school is going to have to make their decision on who gets to go to the game or how they're going to do it. Because mm-hmm. I, as I looked at the games this weekend. You know, some places there were hardly anybody in there, and other ones they were packed. Yeah. You know, the Southeast Conference looked like a regular zoo, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, they, they were stuffed together, and Georgia and, you know, and uh, what um, they got beat by, uh, who was it? I don't, I don't remember. But Georgia Tech and, you know, and, yeah, and the Florida yeah, State. Georgia yeah, Georgia Tech, yeah, and in that game, they were, the place was packed. So... You know that's that's just the way you know it's going to be down there. You know it's going to some people just are going to go ahead and do it, which you know is that right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. I mean that we <laughs> you have to do it to find out. Yeah. Uh, you know really what's going on, and uh, you know and there's different parts of the country I think, and then there's different testings and i think some of the testing is we've already found out in the end in baseball and the nfl that there's been some real you know duck work <laughs> done i mean there's been some you know testing that probably isn't real good and has come out yeah you know positive and it's really not and um so i don't think the i think the big 10 will be if they make a decision it'll be because they know what they're doing I mean, it won't just be because it's out the back door. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they'll investigate it, and that's why you're not getting an answer right away, because they want to just be sure they're doing what, you know, what is the right thing. And, um, you know, I think playing is the right thing. I, if you have to stop it, you stop it. You know, if it gets to a point where it, it, it wasn't right, then stop it. You know, I mean, if that's what has to be done. But... You, you can always stop something. You can't, you know, getting it started is the important thing. Coach, I want to get into to that part of it. I mean, Barry Alvarez has said, my team can be ready in three weeks. Scott Frost has said the same. Put your coaching hat back on. The challenge is you can, you can have guys stay ready, okay, and that means mm-hmm. they're, they're still lifting and they're in good shape. 
but you've not right. put you've not put the pads on since the Iowa week. Okay, uh, right. So uh, take us through just the worries and concerns about getting things up to speed for an October seventeenth kickoff. Yeah, the thing is, is I think you know, I, I haven't haven't I haven't been banged around a little bit and everything. You'd be surprised. I think that has a lot to do with injuries. I think okay. if you haven't, you know, you haven't been hit and you just go in a game and you're playing against some guys that are really going to try to put it to you, you know, <laughs> the, the hitting can, can be a little bit different. You know, I mean, and sometimes you get hit really blasted. You don't even know you got hit. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it just the way the, the game is. You get, you get mesmerized into the game, but, uh, I would say that, you know, you you would you would scrimmage. I think there would be something. You know, if you played three weeks, I'm sure you would have some kind of a scrimmage. You know, before where there'd be enough hitting and some practice work where there would be enough, you know, contact. And I, you know, and I look at the NFL practices. I saw a little bit on TV. I mean, these guys are grabbing each other and they're you know face to face and they're doing stuff. I mean, you know, you talk about separation or no contact or something. I mean, it was like they had more contact in practice than they would in the game. Okay. Coach, would you be more worried about guys coming to back to fall camp being out of shape, or, or would you be more worried about the, the install that's going to have to be done for the offense and the defense? What do you think the biggest concern is going to be for the coaches as they get well, back into this fall camp? Well, what happens is, is when you start out a season like that and you don't have a preseason, your defense usually is the head of the offense. And it, and it all that that's going to be a key to a lot of it. I mean, they're, they're, you're not, I don't know if you're going to see what the real team is for a couple of games just because of the, you know, no spring ball and no, you know, you've got young kids. You don't know all of a sudden some young kid shows up and, man, if we had had spring ball and know about this guy, we'd have been a different football team. And I think that goes for more than one person. I think it goes for a lot of people. And, you know, you bring in junior college players that have a pretty good background in playing for two years, you know, and these guys have a little better chance to make it than just a a freshman coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the freshman still, you know, may be the best player you got. And, you know, you won't know it until who knows when. And if you have a shortened season... May never know it till next year. What do you think here? I mean, yeah. if you do a last thought got, here, coach, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you got to get your you, you got to get your timing and and mm-hmm. things like that offensively. That's really so. Repetition and teamwork is going to be probably more so for offense than it will be for fundamental work, and that's a little bit scary at times. You know, you've really got to teach a player player's stuff and you know how to play the game to keep from getting hurt and so uh but i think both sides of the ball you're going to have to have uh you know especially offensively the timing the pass routes and you saw yesterday i mean these guys have had preseason football and they're still you know not timed up right a lot of them and so forth Coach, about 30 seconds this time next week are we talking about a season starting off or are we Crying in our beer that there is no season. How do you think the vote goes? Well, I think it's going to. I think it's positive. I, I really do. I think, you know, they've seen some stuff on TV over the weekend, and they've seen things work, and they've seen, you know, the 
both both I, you know something was something that showed me something was both academies playing. I mean, somebody knows some doctor knows something. I mean, you know, yeah. both of those both of those teams played, and um, you know, I think that was that 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 you know to me that's kind of important because you know that's that's kind of a government run deal, and they mm-hmm. they probably had as good a uh, um, you know a way of doing things as anybody. Coach, we'll uh, talk to you next week, and we'll get ready for some football. We hope and. Thanks for giving us some time today on, on Hale Varsity. Okay. I appreciate it. Coach, you take care. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye now. There he is. Good. That's positive. Love that. Coach is pretty real, but he's also optimistic. And uh, love hearing that. And you've got the chancellor from Wisconsin again on this conference call. There's a variety of things that have changed since the August 11th postponement. We'll get Jay Moore's thoughts coming up. Blackshirt Jay on the way with Hale Varsity. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. And you see him on Big Red Wrap-Up. You hear him with his podcast, More To It, on HaleVarsity.com and uh, different uh, platforms you listen to podcasts and longtime contributor to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Bird, good weekend of football. Did you, did you watch and smile? I, I, you know, I watched a little bit. Um... This, this weekend was kind of the DIY project at the Mar- Moore household. Uh, we had to uh, get some, put up some more wood fencing and stuff around our uh, front of, you know, more decorative stuff um, <laughs> around our front door. Um, get that project done to kind of match with the, with the back door, you know, privacy fence, ah. backyard privacy fence we put up and replaced some old wood that got rotten around the garage door from, you know, when snow piles up, and then we did some flooring in the laundry room, and the bathroom's getting all done, redone down there, so I, football was watched. It more, it was late in the evening uh, when I was enjoying um, many uh, cold beverages from the, from the, from the, from the, from the all this DIY work to calm my, uh, calm me down a little bit, but uh, no, it, was, it was good. It was good whether their fans were there or not, man. Just having football um, back, NFL, college, it's, uh, it, it makes it feel somewhat normal, I guess, somewhat. It's still not quite normal, but uh, it's, it's better enough, and I'll, I'll say that at least. No, that's awesome. Jay Moore is with us at jmore44 on Twitter, and you know what, between the weather being pretty much perfect and uh, it was golf course, football, or home improvement. Good on on your lovely wife for for uh, for getting the, the the. See, you two are so awesome together because you work well together. Uh, my wife would probably have started chucking lawn darts at me and asked me to to prove that I can do a fair catch. I mean, she's, you know, we can't do those together because we. We we got to stay in separate rooms, man. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You know, we're not perfect either. You actually, I'm the one that gets super pissed and and want to break things and say every cuss word in the book. And she usually calms me down a little bit and tells me to take a break. And she'll kind of look at it from another angle, you know. And especially when you're trying to change out like 
faucets and oh, and showers and stuff. And yeah. I'm not the I'm not the smallest guy in the world, so I'm underneath you know cabinets and stuff trying to set chain stuff out. It gets it gets a little messy. Let me say that. <laughs> good patience, man. Good good yeah. work. Uh, next thing I know, I'm going to be seeing a home improvement show with the, the Moors. That'd be good. That'd, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something. Yeah. I, I, I can do something like that. We can make that work. That'd be funny. So, okay, we, we don't have a, a vote as of yet. You had a successful pitch this weekend with the return to, to play committee, and that was medical, that was TV, that was scheduling. And now things are being mulled over. And everything sounded super optimistic Saturday. Uh, Sunday, there wasn't going to be a vote. I think we all kind of got our hopes up that there would be a quick turnaround vote. Things are being mulled over. I'm sure the Big Ten's waiting to see if there's any COVID outbreaks between the NFL, the ACC, and the Big 12. All that being said, when you look at, at what Ohio State's medical staff did and Barry Alvarez and Penn State's um, athletic director, they were, they were the, the key figures in this pitch. Do you feel more optimistic or less optimistic? Or I, I don't know. I mean, where, where are you uh, as far as October 17th here, Jay? Did, what did this weekend do for your hopes? Well, I, I, I'm extremely optimistic. I know I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up like I did back in early August when they had a full schedule release and thinking everything was going to go. <laughs> you know, we already have two games in. You know, as of as of this last weekend. So um, I'm not quite there yet. But I mean, the fact that they are listening and they were presented to, and I mean, because. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Evan Warren did say, you know, this was not going to be addressed again. You know, that of the cancellation. So, like, of the fall cancellation. So, the fact that they are listening, hearing presentations, and I, you know, that's that's a huge step in the right direction. Because I think they, you know, as big as egos and in and, and uh, smart people that you know are ahead of you know sitting in the chancellor's chair and president's chair at these major universities, I think they can realize that they jumped the gun. Um, and yes, maybe back in August 11th, they, you know, the, the Abbott testing wasn't quite available yet, or they didn't know anything about it. And um, you know, I I don't know what the machine or the the lab testing that you know Nebraska is going to have to be able to test potentially two teams um, and get results back extremely quickly. Um, you know, we had heard stuff about University of Illinois working on mm-hmm. um, using a saliva test, and uh, it, I just, you know, maybe they didn't think those things were quite available. And, and you now they're seeing, you know, we're in week two of, of college football and um, week one of NFL football, and you know, you can use a ton of data from high school sports all across the nation um, that you know a lot of teams are playing. And a lot of kids are playing, and there's a lot of. I mean, you want to talk about not having resources to do certain things. I mean, high school level football. I mean, there no, there's hardly any resources to be able to test and keep kids, you know, as you know, safe and healthy. I mean, there's, there's way more funding and, and resources to, to help keep players safe and um, healthy and, and and away from the virus um, in college. So I think you know they are they're listening, and that's a step in the right direction. I just. I'm just, I'm just really, really hesitant to say, yep, this thing's a go. Um, you know, I'm really hesitant to, to trust or to really listen to all, you know, the sources and people on social media saying, yeah, I spoke to so-and-so, I spoke to this person, I spoke to this person, because I think everyone, presidents and chancellors have, have their outlets to 
throw some information out there. Kevin Warren has his people to throw some information out there. And obviously, the coaches now and mm-hmm. ADs have their people to throw out some information. I think you kind of digest some of those who's talking to who on social media. So, um, again, step in the right direction. But, I, you know, it's got to sway. I mean, what do they have to sway? Six, six total votes? What do you need? They got to get, nine? They gotta get to nine. Right. So, I think, you know, I was – who was I talking with to say who who are the who are the six other votes you know that you would really need to so obviously we you know Ohio State Nebraska um, and uh, Iowa Iowa we're, we're in there so it's like you know it's, it's the hard thing is, is you know you got two teams four teams in two states so that makes things a little tricky but obviously I think you get you can get Penn State I think if you could sway Michigan. You know, somehow I think Michigan's a major player because if you can get Michigan to vote, yes. Then I think Michigan State would then say yeah. yes. Um, I think you can get Illinois because they have the testing and they've been pretty. You know, they, this, the, the this, football programs act like they wanted to even they wanted to play. You know, and so I think you can you can get to to nine. I think you can find nine votes, but again, just the way the things have gone back and forth, up and down. You know, I think a lot of these presidents and chancellors, I think they can change their mind about every four to five hours and that's 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 what's so unpredictable right now what we're dealing with jay i think you're you're right you, you get michigan to cave you get michigan state i think you can get both indianas don't know what the governor of illinois will allow for northwestern sure. or illinois but i think i think you've you've probably had a, a flip for penn state and wisconsin which is good i think rutgers president could be a, a big problem the question i have and we'll, we'll move on to some nfl in a sec is you know, are, you, this was reported by Brett McMurphy that you, you need all, not need, but, you know, all 14 are wanting or you're, you're going to want all 14 to play. It's not going to be, all right, these nine want to play, the other uh, five uh, opt out. I don't think you're going to be able to opt out. I would like to see the opt out or opt in option a reality. And if that was the case, then this thing could get knocked out sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I did my did my pod with Rick Pizzo, uh, obviously a, a popular guest of yeah. of your of the, your show, and we brought up like you expect, you know, asked him like at this time we we thought if football was going to be played in the Big Ten. I asked him, you know, do you think Rutgers will will play? Because obviously where they're at and just you know close and close to you know you know New York City and kind of a hot spot and um, you know not allowing kids on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, well, to my understanding is that if, you know, they would vote, it's, it's all for one. You know, you can't, yeah. there, there would be no opting out. He, he, they said they peeked into the, I don't know, the, the bylaws or whatever sure. it may be within the, within the Big Ten. So I don't, at this time, at that time, he's like, everyone has to play, you know. So, but this is, this is a very strange time we're in where I think if there's any time to say, hey, if you don't want to play, and we'll give you this one-year pass. I sure. think. I think you know people get so caught up in. Well, if they don't play, they can't get their Big Ten money. Pay them. Keep I, them I, happy. Yeah, I don't care. Just get their votes anymore. Like, <laughs> like that's that's like give them their freaking money. I don't care. Like that's not going to change. You know, Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, we're, yeah, it's great to get your your Big Ten money and all that stuff. But let's just get the teams that want to play and let them play. Let their let their cities, let their economy somehow benefit from everything. Don't get so hung up on, well, if they don't play, they're not going to get their, 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 their money, their share of the revenue. I don't care. Like, we want to play here. There's many teams that want to play, and they should play. So mm-hmm. hopefully they can get this figured out, opt in, opt out, whatever. 
play, don't play. Just somehow get football back sooner than later and, and, and make a decision and quit. Quit trying to, you know, delay it and just make a decision so everyone can move on. Jay Moore's with us. Hale Varsity Radio. Jason NFL Thoughts. Uh, got a couple minutes here. Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and Cincinnati, very Cincinnati of uh, them to almost have a win, get a go-ahead touchdown called back, and then miss the field goal. But uh, I know you saw a little bit, and, and you follow your roommate, Zach Taylor. Cincinnati, uh, what, what a showing. And since, and, you know, the Chargers' D is nothing to sneeze at, and uh, Joe Burrow gave himself a D grade for, for his first game yesterday, but... I'll take that D. I mean, I thought since you know the future looks good in Cincy for the first time in a while. Yeah, I tell you what, what's so impressive with, with Joe Burrow is I mean, you know, people have forgotten they didn't play any preseason games. No, so this is obviously they had some inter squad scrimmages and stuff, but like this is Joe's first real competition, and for him to have that poise and yeah, I mean, we don't know what's called and what the right reads were with an offense and what the text would have been and making sure he gets the plays out right. So he obviously knows the intricate details of what is expected from him so he can be a little hard on himself. But the fact that this kid in a in a his very first NFL game had the poise and can lead him down the field into into a game winning uh field goal situation, that's I tell you what, that doesn't happen a whole lot. Um obviously the, the kick was missed and Mm-hmm. You know, they were um, were able to capitalize. So that, he is uh, he is. I mean, that's, it's it's one game. He's going to grow. But uh, I tell you what, that's, things look bright. Um, obviously, it shows that Zach and, and the GM in Cincinnati made the right choice in taking him number one. But uh, it's it's really impressive to see. And we knew he was he was already a very impressive and, and a very poised uh, young man. But for him to have his first showing like that um, is, is it's, a, it's a very good sign for for Bengals fans. Jay will hit some more NFL in the weeks to come, and hopefully we'll get some news here on uh, the Big Ten. Thanks for jumping on today, man. Yeah, be good. Thanks, buddy. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Jay Moore. Let's dive into an update here with the Husker 8, the lawsuit, and a letter out on Twitter from attorney Mike Flood confirming that he received documents from the Big Ten regarding the lawsuit filed by the Husker players that he's representing. Uh, the players now are considering their next move as they look over what uh, they were able to get in. And this is the statement here from uh, from Mike Flood today. The Big Ten Conference provided my office with documents responsive to plaintiffs, limited discovery requests. I want the opportunity to carefully examine the Big Ten Conference's response and discuss the same with our clients and co-counsel before I before I uh, comment on what was disclosed by the defendant. So you're just going to kind of mull things over. What'd you get in the box? And how many <laughs> how many trees gave their life for this discovery? So you, you had the the double whammy here. You've got this lawsuit that's been existing. And there's been some limited discovery, but it got the ball rolling with the acknowledgement of 11 to 3. Yeah, the attorney general do his thing on Friday with uh, the the nonprofit laws. And are you uh, out of order or are you in compliance 
with uh, operating as a nonprofit in the state of Nebraska. So uh, you're going to hang on to this thing and move forward if you need to move forward or just say, hey, we're, uh, we're playing football, we're good. That's, uh, that's about all you can do, and uh, it's all right to review. I'm just wondering the timeline with the Big Ten's chancellors and council of presidents here. Uh, how long are they needing to review the medical data and information, the schedule, and the TV side of things? And uh, what type of convincing needs to go on? The longer this takes, I think it's okay. If it's just a quick quick vote where they swayed. You've, you've had some reports on social media where, and again, it's a, an anonymous source saying, well, some of the presidents are ticked off how they're being portrayed in the media and it won't help the vote. You need to set aside your thin skin about getting blasted and and vote what you feel and believe. Now, we, we kind of did a, a straw poll and we asked Greg Smith to go down the Big Ten teams. Elijah, do you see it as 12 to 3 or, or, or 12 to 2? I don't think Rutgers will vote yes. I don't think you're going to get a vote from Maryland. I think Minnesota's really on the fence. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan's a problem. Yeah, I, I see this more as... 10 4 9 5. It's going to be close. Yeah. I mean, it's, no, it's going to be like. Rutgers, Maryland, for me, are firmly in the, I don't think they're being swayed over to the yes. No, they're not going to play ball. They don't, they don't feel comfortable playing football. Northwestern? Eh. Well, here's, when we talked to Barney, he is close with the, 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 the guy who's in charge of, well, the, Morty is the guy's name, right? The, 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 the school president for Northwestern. Morty's a big sports guy. So Morty's not going to stand in the way. Mm. of Northwestern. Mm. It'd be more of a, hey, you're not playing high school football in the state of Illinois. And I'm trying to rack my brain what college program is playing football in the state of Illinois. All you have is the Bears right now playing football because you don't have high school ball playing. But if you're playing high school ball, you're supposed to start up your end of the week in Michigan that Rust Belt Midwest region, I don't know that, I mean, Illinois has been right there for you. I mean, they've been big time with the the production of rapid tests, and it's been their research. Mm -hmm. So I think Lovey wants to ball. I know Coach Fitzgerald wants to ball. What do you get from the governor uh, of Illinois? Would the governor allow it to happen? And I'm not trying to get super psychopolitical here i'm just i'm asking that question out loud because that's been in inferenced as well between michigan's governor illinois governor maryland's governor i mean are they are they doing this to out of the name of health and safety or are they doing this for for political reasons and that's that sucks that it's got to be that conversation yeah. speaking of political reasons michigan on the fence which is scary to me because i i do see michigan and michigan state as a package deal i well yeah if, if big brother goes little brother's got to go and i don't think we're going to get a michigan state yes vote if michigan's voting no no you won't you absolutely won't uh, i do think michigan what type of heat can you put on their their president because he's the he's the medical dude i mean he's an ephthalmologist Epidemiologist? Epi- epidemiologist. Say it with me again. Epidemiologist. Epidemiologist. 
Mm. I try. I've said you had I, it down last week. No, I said it right yesterday, yeah. and I said it right this morning. I just can't. The, in the heat of the moment, I know it's like I gotta write it in crayon out here. Some people are built for the pressure moments and no, uh, uh, the close clutch moments, those clutch times. Getting most to the end, of the, time end I'm of the okay. show, we're in crunch time. <laughs> most of the time, I'm okay. I pulled a Bengals kicker right now. Yeah, blame the hamstring. Blame the hamstring. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to crawl to the bathroom and weep. Let's talk Tampa for a moment here. And you look at all of the, oh, wow, look at, look at how underrated Levante David is. Spare me. He's been the best outside linebacker in football for a long time. You just got to see him on national TV for the first time in forever. Tom Brady, though, taking the blame, taking the bullets, taking the arrows. He was bad yesterday. Uh, will it get better is the question. It's some great plays. I mean, was, I, the receivers played their butts off. Tight ends played really hard. Um, you know, backs ran hard. So, um, you know, we're just going to have to get back to work and, and uh, you know, tighten a lot of things up because obviously today wasn't good enough. But, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about what I got to do and I got to do a better job than I did today. Okay, uh, Tom, good on you. The interception, you th- one of the two you threw, uh, your receiver stopped. All right, Coach McBride made that abundantly clear. I, I'm not still so sure that was all Mike Evans' fault. It, w- it would have been a bad throw from Brady. Well, this was way. number 80. This wasn't Evans. Oh, you're talking O.J. Howard, that interception? Yeah. And, like, well, it wasn't, even, it wasn't Howard. There was another wide out that was in... I don't think it was Godwin. It might have been a four-wide setup. See, I thought it was the one from the slot receiver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up, I thought that was Mike Evans. Was that it? Well, I, I don't think it was Evans. I could be wrong on that one. You might be right. But, I'm just saying it didn't look like Evans to me that just stopped his route. Mm-hmm. It was someone else. Uh, so we'll, we'll research that and fact check it. But point is, is yeah, there was a zig and a zag going on. So that, that was not on all on Brady. But he... He had time, but he didn't get much separation. I mean, New Orleans secondary did pretty well. And you really didn't have a run game you, you leaned on as much as you could have. More from Brady here. And, and again, he stepped up in his answer uh, with what the defense provided, but the offense couldn't help out. Not complimentary football. I think that, you know, anytime you turn the ball over like we did, um, you know, we had opportunities out there to make plays and and uh, it just came up short. So, um, there's no excuses, and we're the only ones that could do something about it. Um, the Saints kind of play how they always play. Uh, you know, they, they did a good job on offense. You know, we hung our defense out to dry, you know, on some short fields with not moving the ball, not doing very well on third down at certain times, not the turnovers really hurt us. And, uh, you know, got to clean that up for next week. We got to do a lot better job. We'll wind down on Monday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Reminder about uh, the Department of Highway Safety. There's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver, drunk driving, buzzed, or high driving. Never acceptable law enforcement officers working every day to stop it. 
And uh, before any more folks get killed or injured, if you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, get that designated or sober driver or get a ride share. Get a ride. A DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety office. We are going to play How Much Will the Donkeys Lose or Win By with Elijah Herbal. Uh, Mr. Henry is uh, ready to take about 45 hands off, handoffs and occasional play action. Kickoff at 9-10 Central. You'll hear that here on ESPN Lincoln and some of our affiliates around the state that have Westwood One coverage. Leading the way, Nick Gates snapping the football for them G-men. The Giants and Steelers get going in about uh, 20 minutes. So what are you thinking here? We'll... Um, We'll start off and make a prediction between Pittsburgh and the Giants. Uh, the line is minus six. Pittsburgh, give me the Steelers uh, 24 to 13, the win and cover. Yeah, I got the Steelers win and cover as well. I got something closer to 31 17, 31 21. Uh, it's tough to give an exact number because it's week one. I know I should. I just think my ben, job. I can't wait to see Ben back. Yeah, I think Big Ben's going to have a, a good game back. Uh, Connor should be back fully healthy with a bit of a better offensive line. And that Steelers defense, they take the ball away so well. If you, if you missed out in the Steelers defense in your fantasy league and they're still available, pick them up. I doubt they are. They're, they're the number one or two fantasy defense, but that that defense is going to be good this year. They're going up against uh, Daniel Jones in a new system now this year. Mm-hmm. Second year in the NFL. Second year in a new system so give me the Steelers in that one minus three Tennessee's a road favorite lock that offense the donkey D no Vaughn I'm sorry about that I swear Vegas has got to be forgetting that the Broncos are playing at altitude here and it's after a condensed weird preseason with no games I don't like the Titans odds tonight and I'm a Broncos fan I know I might be a little biased but when you're playing at altitude, even against a defense without Von Miller, things are going to be tough. In week one, it's pretty warm in Denver today. Not unseasonably warm, but it's still it's still a September football game at altitude. Titans are going to – it's a tough one. If they pull it out tonight, that's going to be a hard-fought win. How much snow did Denver fans put in their freezer so they can show up to the game with snowballs? None. There's no fans allowed in. That's right. <laughs> okay. Chuck at the Tennessee bus as they drive by. I'm I'm painting Buff fans and, and Denver fans together. Sorry, you know what? I think Tennessee gets it done because of their defense. Their defense is because of their run game. You tell me how how high are you on the the donkey run defense? Uh, without Von Miller now, not as great. But we still added Jarrell Casey this year. So we. I, I'm glad you're in the front office. I think uh, quarter office got me on that one. Oh, my broadcasting professors would be unhappy with me. But uh. Uh, As you can pronounce Derek names. Derrick Henry has proven himself to be a late-season warrior. He gets production mostly at the end of seasons. We'll see if he can get a, a week one good performance this year. 17-10. Give me the Titans. Yeah, I got something low like that as well. I got 21-17 Denver. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Tom Deanhart and uh, Dr. Rob Zadiska, Mitch Sherman. Talk to you tomorrow.